0: It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Boring from MusketeerReport.com.
1: Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the weekly college basketball edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com Digital, digital Sports Commons Editor with Rick Boring from MusketeerReport.com and Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com. As we uh, look ahead, we're... Believe it or not, we're actually at conference tournament time, fellas. And if you'd have told me that two and a half months ago, I'm not sure we'd have been there.
2: The the regular season's officially over. We we made it, kind of,
1: (laughs) kind of, in a weird (laughs) in a a weird 19 to 31 game way. Yes, we made it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I was reading a story today about Rick Rick uh, Patino's Iona team. I didn't realize how much they were shut down. I think they've only played like 13 or 14 games. Obviously, New Rochelle, New York was a hot spot uh, for COVID for a long time, but I just didn't realize how much they were shut down. And yet then I look up today and Drake had played, I believe, after today, and they lost to Loyola Chicago in the in the championship game of the Missouri Valley Conference. I think they played 29 games. I'm not Some teams anybody. didn't get hit at all.
2: Some teams completely, like, stayed clear. Hats off to them.
1: I was going to say, has anybody else played 29 games? I think that's like, whether I think they're 25 and four, I believe.
2: I know Houston played a lot. Houston didn't get interrupted much.
1: Okay. Okay. Which is crazy when you think about actually the, not, not, not the COVID situation, but obviously the, uh, the weather situation that they had to deal with.
2: Well, Houston played 25. That's, that's not, that's, that's a good 20.
1: Yeah. It's a it's good number. Or 20, I mean, 24. It's still a good number. Yeah. Holy cow. All right, Rick is driving, as we do this podcast, he's driving to Indianapolis to to, uh, broadcast a game for NKU because he's also the color analyst for NKU. We'll talk about them in a second, but, Rick, let's talk about uh, Xavier first and foremost. Um, The Creighton win seems like it was 57 years ago. (laughs) And two losses since to an awful Georgetown team, to a mediocre Marquette team. And I hate to ask it in this way because we still don't know. Um, I look at bracket majors today. They're still in, but they're in by the skin of their teeth. What do they have to do then in the Big East tournament to
0: get in and feel safe to be in? Well, Aside yeah, to win it, obviously. To feel safe, I think. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a win over Butler and Creighton gets you back to feeling like you're definitely in. The, with the way the bubble is unfolded down the stretch here, bracketologists are being nicer to the Xavier team than I expected. Right. Yes, I thought I they lost both of those games down the stretch almost everyone would agree that they're out because for the most part, Xavier's resume, as we've talked about throughout the season, is the fact that they had a lack of losses and no bad losses. And these aren't bad losses. They're Quadrant 2, technically, because they're on the road and they're to top 100 teams. But there's a lot but, of them. <laughs> but all of a sudden, they're piling up real quick, and you got a great eye test down the stretch of like, is Xavier better than other bubble teams? Answer seems to be no. Like, at oh, least here's the pr- not that right when it
2: mattered. Here's what's benefiting Xavier, though, Rick. Nobody on the bubble is is doing any themselves any favors, and not just like that's true. The standard year, like okay, a little bit here and a give take there, and then this moves up and this moves down. Everybody is embarrassing themselves over this past week. That's on the bubble, basically. Michigan State that's today beat Michigan. Yeah, Michigan so. State
1: today was a big was a big win for
2: them. So, so yeah. normally in this spot, Rick, you have what like like 15 teams for those last like six spots we're seeing like two teams play well and 13 teams play like crap. What do you do in that situation? Like who do you just dis- determine who falls out and who stays in? And, and it, it's been a total, like when you watch this week unfold, nobody did themselves any
0: favors. Yeah. And that really, that's the only reason that I think a lot of these, Right. Right. Scientologist types still have Xavier in their tournament. But, you know, I mean, the Butler win to me is not enough to keep them in the field. Right. If it were me, you need Uh, a second second win, right? If they get that win over Creighton, then I'm to the point where, yeah, maybe I do feel good about their chance of being back in. Because the fact that a lot of people don't have them out right now after these back to back losses at the end of the season is a little bit surprising to me.
1: And and those were, I mean, they just didn't play well. I mean, it wasn't like you go, oh, somebody somebody, threw in a three-pointer at the buzzer, and somebody shot 72% from the field, and somebody made 15 threes. No, you didn't play well. You didn't play well.
0: Let's talk about the Marquette game, because I do think that's an interesting one, where, to me, they lost the game because they scored 24 points in the first half. Right. They missed wide open shots, and they were sloppy for the first 10 minutes, and I get people are going to say, you can't come out that way, and – what, what have you, but like overall Chad and I were talking about before we started the show that I thought Xavier did took care of a lot of the things that they could take care of. They didn't turn the ball over at all. They didn't give up a bunch of open transition threes to Marquette, which is what something that they had been struggling with and what Marquette does really well. Um, they fought hard on the glass for the most part, like defensively, they weren't terrible at all. They, they held Marquette to a pretty modest, like slightly over one point per possession, which like 30 points the, in the fir- 30 points in the first half. Right. Right, I mean, it was the defense and all of the hustle and toughness stuff was plenty good enough to win the game under normal circumstances. But you can't shoot nine percent from three. I mean, you you just this team is not built to play a toughness and beat you up inside style of basketball. And maybe they need to find a way going forward to get to the free throw line more. And maybe they need to find a, a, a way to score more consistently on the interior. But I mean, I think Zach Freeman and Colby Jones and John Odom driving, and th- you have some pretty good weapons. And they tried some of that stuff in the second half of the game yesterday, and they just could not find a way to get shots to go down. It wasn't just three pointers.
1: Here's the thing, though, Rick. It's it's become other than Creighton because Creighton's now the blip on the radar. I mean, this has been cumulative. So, so what is what has yes. transpired for this team to not make shots? That's a great guard question. And and I, I know it, it's it's I it's honestly fairly rhetorical because there's no real clear cut answer for this. But what in the world has transpired? It's not as easy as, well, Nate Johnson would help. Yeah, I get it. You're right. He would help. But you also have two second-team all-big-league guys. Um, Arguably, one of them probably should have been first-team, if not both, um, based on their talent level. But I get why they weren't. So so what in the world has transpired to get to them to this point where you're like, this was a pretty good team that I thought was a 7-8 seed, now is sweating the living daylights out of it and needs to win at least a game, if not two?
0: Well, you're definitely right about the fact that it's inexplicable and it is a theme at this point or a trend it's they've shot bad in more games than they've shot well this season at this point. So it is something that they're definitely struggling with, but I think there is a difference between they can't make shots and they're not playing well all the way around because like the St. John's game, they were bad all the way around right. the, yeah, the right, lack right, of defense, right. lack of toughness, lack of effort was not there. Their transition defense, uh, their, their help side defense, you could see they were not doing the things they were supposed to do and that's one of those things where that's a major red flag like at that point and they were coming off a covid break and the, you know there's some excuses built in there that people will throw around but no, if you kept fair. seeing that if you kept seeing that team continue you you got a major problem and a major red flag my you got a team that quit basically if that's what you are continuing to see i don't see that I, the last few games i did not see that i saw a team that It meant a lot to, I thought they were really trying. I thought they were fighting their ass off in the second half of that game last night. And they, you know, maybe they're grinding the sawdust off the bat, so to speak. And, and they're just, they're trying so hard and they're, they're, they're focusing in so much on these wide open looks. They're in their own heads, but it does not make a lot of sense. And, and yeah, there's reason to think things will get better to a certain extent for some of these guys, Adam Kunkel, I think, is definitely a better shooter than he's shown this year after he's gotten in this slump. I think Colby Jones will continue to improve as a shooter. C.J. Wilcher, as he gets more time, can, can clearly shoot it. Maybe Kiki Tandy will find a way to break back into more of a significant role next season. He obviously can give you more shooting. But there is a, a definite reason to be concerned going forward about does this team have enough bucket getters and shooters to play this style that Travis Steele is implementing? All
1: right, I hate to be that guy about Adam Conkle. Because I love him. I, I love him as a high school player. I love what he did at Belmont. I love what he did early at Xavier. Is it to the point, though, where once a scatter report gets out on guys and Kiki Tandy maybe falls in the same, same boat, that you just are what you are. You're just not good enough to play at that level. You're good enough to do some things, but you know what I'm saying, like play at a high level at that level. Fair or not?
0: I think it's totally unfair at this point for two okay. reasons. One, we talked about this on Wednesday's podcast, Skinny. Adam Kunkel came here with the intent of sitting out this year right. to get bigger, stronger, prepare himself. He was practicing with the Scout team with that intent. And then midway through the season, oh, you know, yeah, right you're before in before Christmas, you're, you're they, in. they ruled all these guys eligible. And so now he was all of a sudden trying to help the team. So I think this year to is is a bit of he gets a bit of a pass sure. to some extent in that regard. But the other thing is, if he was having trouble getting open, you know, if teams were treating him like Brad right. Redford and he couldn't right. get anywhere off the bounce, and people were pick in his pocket and all he could do was launch an occasional open three. I would say, yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe his athleticism is going to be a problem at this level. I don't see that. In fact, he's scoring off the bounce. Some he's making plays off the bounce. He's getting in the lane a lot. The, The one thing that you thought he could absolutely do at this level is make wide open threes. That's what he can't do right now. He cannot make a, Wide open kick out three. And that's the big problem. Yeah. It is. It's crazy. It's completely and and obviously he has limitations defensively too. Don't get me wrong. Some teams are picking on him on the defensive end, but they knew that. I mean, that they brought him in knowing that. They brought him in because of his IQ and his shooting ability on the offensive end. The IQ, the playmaking ability, even some of his like mid-range stuff is working. He just cannot make open threes. And if he's not gonna be able to make open threes, then yeah, it will get hard to play him long term. Yeah.
1: All right, so as we go into the conference tournament, and I was asked this tonight on the Sports Authority, and I had one guy, and I think it's an easy answer, but I'm going to ask you, because it's not—it's never one guy, but that was the question I was asked. Um, if there are one or two guys that have to really step up their level of play in the Big East tournament for Xavier to go deep, if not win it, who are they? My answers, my, my answer to the question, because it was a singular guy, was easy, but give me two guys, maybe even give me three guys if you want.
0: Well, the two easy answers are Paul Scruggs and and Zach Freeman. That was my two easy answers. Those were my easy answers. So there you go. Yeah, those are their two best players. They're the guys they need to play really well for them to have a chance to be a top team in the Big East and compete with teams like Creighton or Nova or um, Seton Hall or UConn. But those, those two guys throughout the last month of the season, it's been very rare that Xavier has had the best player or the two best players on the court. So I mean that, that's tough to win games when the other team has the two best players on the court every single time. You know Paul Scruggs played better and he certainly fought really hard in this game, but he still couldn't make open threes. Right, same, right. same issue Kunkel's had, and and he's had that problem down the stretch. The whole team has really shot poorly, but yeah, I think those are the two guys. If you if you want to point to the obvious answers and say they need their two best players to at least be competitive with the other team's best players, and a lot of games they haven't gotten the upper hand in those matchups.
1: All right, Chad. Looking at, at, at this from a side eye standpoint, where, where um, y- you're not as deeply ingrained as Rick is, but you're a huge college basketball guy and, and obviously local team guy. Um, who who are your? I mean, is it is it the same two guys, or is there somebody you go? No, they need this guy to get going.
2: They they. I for me, I think it's it's Kunkel or or Kiki Tandy. One of the two. So you're going like, off the reservation with it. Well, well I, I think we've talked about this a lot with Xavier this year. Is that a lot of the problem, I think, for for Scruggs and Fremantle is that there isn't any spacing. Like you need somebody to create some space for those two guys. And the thing with Kunkel that's that's, and this isn't like I'm not putting everything on him, but what I'm saying is he's getting clean looks. Like you need somebody to knock down those clean looks for you. And I think if, if that happens, say in the big East tournament, all of a sudden that gives Paul Scruggs a little bit of room. All of a sudden that gives Zach Freeman a little bit more room. I just, I think somehow, some way they've got to figure out a way to replace Nate Johnson, right? Like, isn't that like where we're at right now with them. Here's,
1: is, the, here's the funny part of that. Cause we've seen guys at, at whatever school it is do that before. You're like, he's struggling. I, mean, I remember covering Kentucky back in the early two thousands, Keith Bogan's one year, couldn't throw one in the ocean. And then he got to the sec tournament. It was bang, bang, bang. It was the craziest thing ever. I mean, so that stuff does happen.
2: Yeah. I, I just think the space that would be created if they had somebody step up and prove to be that threat on the wing You know, I I wonder how much that changes everything offensively for them because, I mean, if you look at these games, they're not far off from winning these games, right?
1: Yeah, it's not like you're getting beat seventy-seven fifty-three. I mean, like
2: even if you take Adam Kunkel and you project Adam Kunkel to to thirty-three percent from three, that's probably that's. But given the number of shots he has taken, that's probably two or three more wins. Since the, yeah. the return
0: from COVID, like just it just, just him and Strugs, just those yeah. two. If if you take you get them to at thirty three point three percent, a wash that you win most of these games.
2: Yeah, and I, I just think that if somehow, and and, and shooting is streaky. Like <laughs> you're right, Skinny. Like we have seen that a million times. Right, shooting is very streaky. It's crazy. If somebody shows up in New York and all of a sudden these shots are falling, Xavier looks like a completely different team and a team that. We've seen them beat Butler. We've seen them go to Creighton and play Creighton really tough and, and beat, Creighton, and beat Creighton, Creighton at home. Yeah. At the CentOS Center. We've seen them beat Oklahoma. Oh, well, I, but I'm just saying what they're looking at in
0: New oh, yeah, York. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so then, Rick. Who would who are who were the who would be the semi possibilities? Do we know? It would
0: it would be UConn more than likely. It would be and Nepal e- Providence, And that's or scary. UConn. And that's scary the way they're playing. E- that, that,
1: but,
2: yeah, that's scary the way they're playing. Yes, but but if you get Creighton and you get Butler, I mean, isn't there a pretty damn good chance that that you're in the tournament?
0: The, the way it's looking, even after these last two losses. Uh, I'm starting to think, yeah. I mean, I thought those last two losses would just put them out. I thought, I thought they were done. Too I, thought,
1: I, thought, I thought they were completely done until I looked at Bracket Matrix. No, yep. they're not to the be all end all, mind you, and we know that. But it's still a pretty good gauge. It's like no, but oh, and I really crap, like that's looking pretty
0: at, good. If you look at the rankings on Bracket Matrix and go to look at some of the top bracketologists and, and see what they're saying. I mean, a lot of those guys still have Xavier in, like their their last four in or their Which first is four out. Crazy. So. They are very much on the cut line, I believe, based on what people who are a lot smarter than me think. So, they, yeah, they I are think those two ends would give them a good chance.
2: They are one guy getting hot from three, right? Right. From being dangerous, at least into Friday in New York. And if you get to Friday, they're in. So, and that's not to say it's going to happen because it's no, been, but, but, but that was like, it's a, it was a great, is a great stat on Rick's board. They've had eight games where they've shot or 12 games where they've shot under 30% from three crazy 12
1: out of 20. I know. And you got for a dudes team that has shoot dudes it. That can shoot. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> exactly it. It's and, not like you go, I got a bunch of clangers. We're just going to jack it up. No, you and, got help me. Your five man can shoot it. Zach Freeman can shoot it.
2: And they're getting good looks. Skinny, This is not a Xavier team that like last year, they took so many bad threes, right? Now. Right. The right. Terrible threes. This that's team a is good not point. Taking Ed. bad threes. They're taking reasonable threes or wide open threes. And they can't hit those either. Like Travis steele has got to be losing his absolute mind over. All you can do as a coach is design the open look, right? That's or, a, or no,
1: it, that, that's, I mean, it's so fun. That's, ex- that's a great point. And that's the fundamental point to this of, And coaches aren't going to roll guys under the bus of, hey, I, I I just, I design stuff. We don't make shots. You're not going to ever say that. But that's the fundamental point of all I can do is get you guys clean looks. That's all I can do, and you got to make them. And well,
0: and it's not like they don't change it up or do it different ways too. you know, right. like they're getting good looks out of their flow game. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe you need to design something specifically for a guy to, to give him some confidence saying, Hey, we're running this play for you. And they run a perfect set and they get someone a wide open look and it still doesn't go. And then they get looks off of uh, drive and kicks. Perfect. Kick out passes and they still can't make. I mean, like they're just not making shots. Your, your yeah. point is a great one, Chad. They are getting the looks.
1: You know what? You know what they need to do? They need to shoot jump shots when they're tired. You guys ever realize that? <laughs> <laughs> <They> need- <laughs>
2: that only works for free throws. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. That's only right. a free throw trick. That's oh, right.
1: You, you want to
2: shoot jump shots when you're fresh.
1: Oh, good call. I'm sorry. I missed that. I missed that. <laughs> of
2: it, so.
1: um, before we uh, move on to NKU, Rick, um, give me the team in your opinion that wins the Big East tournament, maybe a dark horse.
0: I'm going to say UConn wins it. I'm with you. I think with I, the I way love they're playing right now Uh-oh. and the fact that Creighton is in shambles to a certain extent and Nova's in shambles with back-to-back injuries to their point guards. I think UConn is the best team right now.
2: That's trouble that we all agree.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that's But I, I mean, you look too. at the opposite side of the bracket, I think Seton Hall had kind of been struggling. That's a. Nova's that's limping? kind of my dark horse. I mean, Seton Car- Hall's your dark horse? Seton Hall, Yes cuz you got to be St. John's, John's and then John's? Potentially I was saying, what about St. John's
1: yeah I say, what about St. John's as a dark horse
0: Well whoever wins that game between Seton Hall or St. John's yeah, great, will okay. be opposite of yeah, Villanova great. or Marquette and Georgetown yeah. so
2: and uh, we can we don't we can't have any faith in Villanova right now can we
0: No I mean I just think that's going to be a lot for them to overcome you, and they you, look Yeah great you can but their yeah, guards. But,
1: yeah, but, yeah but Connor Gillespie's a big I mean yeah it's a big loss And I
0: mean, then they lost they lost more potentially correct, too right Correct Correct, yes. but, but they but, are playing an Archie Diacono now. So yeah. uh, well, who knows? Well, sh- I mean I, that's big.
1: And, and I will say this: I mean, sometimes that stuff happens, and you rally around it, and you muddle through. Now and then they're a two seed, or a four seed, or a three seed, and they get bumped early. But they muddle through these last few games. I, I've seen that. We've all seen that. I don't know if that happens, but I'm. I, it's funny. I, I'm. 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 I'm, I'm uh, UConn is just playing great right now. They're so good.
0: Yeah, I mean, amazing what happens.
2: Amazing what happens when a team gets out of the American, all of a sudden they take off.
1: Well, or Kevin, Ollie's not coaching, them, Chad, <laughs> as you know, Danny Hurley's been coaching them for two years. I don't know. I said, it, I said, it, but it is also amazing that Kevin, Ollie's not coaching them too.
2: It is. I mean, he's a hell of a coach.
1: I know you love him. He's your guy. I,
2: I'm a big fan, big fan. <laughs>
1: all right, Rick, you're, you're actually, as we're doing this podcast, you're driving up to Indianapolis with our guy, Jim Kelch to do the right. uh, radio team. He's a play-by-play guy. You're the analyst. Um, they play Oakland. Oakland started the year 0-9, lost to Michigan State, lost to Xavier, lost to Oklahoma State, and a handful of other teams that I can't remember, but they were all pretty good. There was a couple of Macs in there that weren't very good, but still.
0: Which, um, Skinny, that that brought about one of the great quotes from our guy, Greg Campy. He was asked what an acceptable record would be in his non-conference schedule. He said 0-9? He said 2-7?
1: 0-7. Okay. So yeah. he played, but he played nine, though, didn't he? Didn't he? Did no, I can't. No, I can't get back. Or no, you're right. They were 0 7. They lost to Illinois, Chicago back to back.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's they were right.
1: 0 and 9 to start. You're right. They were 0, and, 0, and 9, 0 and 7 in non league, 0 2 then in the league to start. Here they are 11 and 17. And you go, oh, great for NKU. And it is in theory, but they're pretty good.
0: Well, they remind me somewhat of the Detroit team that NKU just faced. They don't have a go-to guy like Antoine Davis, who's going to score 25 and has the potential to go off for 50 in any game, but they really shoot it well from a three. They have multiple guys who can shoot it from three and they rely heavily upon the jump shot on the other end of the court though. They don't rebound at all and they don't defend very well at all. They give up a really high percentage from three point range and from two point range. They're one of the worst defenses in the country. And for me, that's the big key. I think NKU's defense can stay in games I think at times this year, NKU's offense has struggled to score against some of the better defensive teams and the teams that are tougher inside that really rebound and, and clear the glass. Well, but if you're not going to keep Adrian Nelson and David Bam off the offensive glass, and you're not going to keep Bryson Langdon and Trayvon Faulkner and Marquez Warwick work from getting right. in the mid range and getting yep. in the lane, you're going to have a hard time keeping this NKU team from scoring. That's what Detroit had an issue with. And don't get me wrong. It was a great game. It's not, it's not like Oakland won't have their chances and he's no, right. not going to run away from you, but you're going to have a hard time being this NKU team. If you can't guard, like I said, the lane and you don't rebound well. And, and I think that's the issues that Oakland has.
1: Um, coming off the, the win, the way they want it. Is that a momentum builder? Is that fool's gold? Is that, Hey, Wright States out. Uh, where, where do you think that is?
0: Yeah, I think it just continues to build on the momentum that they had rolling. I I think it continues to feed them. They were a group playing with a lot of confidence, even despite having young guys. I think one guy that it could be particularly significant for is David Bam. He was coming on the last few weekends of the season anyway. Darren Horn said they had a conversation with him after the first night up in Green Bay where they lost. And he said, look, you weren't great but we were maybe a little too hard on you in that game. If you go out there and you just play tough and you rebound for us and you do the things we're asking you to do, I'm going to give you a little more leash because because you really present some matchup problems. And and on film, it wasn't as bad as I thought during the game. And that next night, he really showed a different style to his game where he fought really tough in the paint and came away with, I think it was seven or eight rebounds in that one. And ever since then, he's just shown another layer uh, to his game of, of playing inside a little bit more. And in the Horizon League, there aren't a lot of 6869 guys that can stretch the floor, play off the dribble a little bit, make a play for his teammates and beat you up inside on the glass and in the post. And and David Bam is starting to develop into that type of guy. I think that gives NKU just one more option, especially if he's playing with a little extra confidence after that big tip-in game winner. And that, you know, NKU isn't a team that needs a whole lot more options because they've been playing pretty well on the offense then.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the thing that impresses me is, uh, what are they, 9-2 and in their last 11? You can correct me if I'm wrong for sure. I think I'm right on that. Um, That's a pretty good run with one of the losses to Wright State, one of the losses on the road to Green Bay. Not that they're great, but still it's on the road. It wasn't like you lost at home. That's a pretty good run, man.
0: They've been playing really well. I mean, and it was, you know, it was a group that really hit a low point midway through the season when they had lost four in a row and they had back-to-back losses to IUPUI. And at that time, we didn't know that IUPUI was going to finish the season the way they did. They really came on strong with those two senior guards that they have. So those losses probably weren't as bad as we thought, looking back in retrospect. But they were, you know, they capped a four-game losing streak at home. And I think at that point, people were wondering that, like, What's going to happen? And they answered the, the bell in an amazing fashion. And you got to give a lot of credit to this coaching staff because that's not easy to do with a young group.
1: Um, I'll leave you with this before we let you go. And I got one more question. And then we'll, Chad and I are going to talk some Kentucky basketball and some UC basketball for sure. Um, would it be disappointing if they don't win at this stage? Or is this gravy? Because we talked on, on our weekly podcast about this of um, – You know, as NK, you already exceeded expectations, and I think they have. But now that you're here, now that you look at the matchups, now that you look where you are, disappointing or understandable if they lose?
0: Well, I think they're playing with house money at this point. I think they've already exceeded expectations just by getting back to Indianapolis. But to your point, when you all of a sudden get here and you look around and you think about the way they've been playing over the last 11 games, you start thinking – why not NKU? Why couldn't they win this thing? And, and so, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say the expectation is that they should go here and win it, but I certainly wouldn't rule them out. I think they've got as good of a chance as anybody that's left, and that includes Cleveland State.
1: All right, Rick, I, I got one more question for you, and I'll let you do a final take if you've got one. Um, Gonzaga is undefeated. They're 24-0. They're getting ready to play in their conference tournament, and they've played a couple of good teams along the way. Not great teams, but they played Virginia and beat the daylights out of them. They played Iowa, didn't beat the daylights out of them, but beat them handily. When Kentucky was on that run a few years ago when they were 38-0 going to the Final Four, it was a big deal, and it should have been a big deal. I mean, undefeated in college basketball, as we know. I, I tell my kids in high school basketball, winning high school basketball games are hard. It's just hard. Everybody's about the same talent. There's a little bit more than others, depending on how you schedule but winning college basketball games is hard. Should Gonzaga be considered and talked about more than what we're talking, not not us, just in general, should they be talked about more about how good they really are and how impressive this might be if they can run the table?
0: Oh, well, I mean, look, I think we all know that Gonzaga is really good this year and I don't think they've been under talked about in that regard, but to a certain extent, you don't think so. Well, any year that they go into their conference play, they're going to disappear for a few months. That's just the way it works when you don't play anybody in your conference. Great I mean, point. I, good. Great I, I, point. Don't, I don't think this is unusual for what they do. The unusual part is that they do have the unblemished record. And that obviously is a big accomplishment, even in their conference. But that's the reason that it's not getting the publicity is because before every game, you check the sports book you check Ken Palm, and they're favored to win by 24 points. Like, no, I'm not going to make a big deal out of them winning a game that they're supposed to win by 24 points.
1: Th- that, that Again, that's fair, but you go back and you look at what they've done. Actually, I remember, I, I forgot, they beat Kansas by 19, or 12, rather, beat right. Auburn yeah. by 23, beat West Virginia by 5, but beat look, Iowa. Every, I mean, again, I, 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 know, I know what you're saying. About- I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I just get it, but that's a pretty good resume before long.
0: No, no doubt. And, uh, Skinny, every time we have the conversation about who's the favorite to win the NCAA tournament, the conversation starts with the Gonzaga. So I don't think we're like underrating them or anything. They are not talked about a lot right now, but that is because of who they're playing right now. I mean, it's just, there's not a lot to say. When they accomplish the undefeated season, I think we will look back and we'll say, yeah, that was a a hell of a run. But I think everyone is aware of how good this Gonzaga team is. We just aren't going to talk a lot about them beating up on teams that there's favored to win by, by 24.
1: Yeah, sadly, I mean, if the Baylor game had come about, which it didn't because it was canceled, that might have been a difference maker, but you're right. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I get it, but it's like you look up and you go, holy cow, this team's undefeated. That's a pretty good accomplishment. And it wasn't like they played three D2 teams off the bat. They played off the bat, Kansas, Auburn, West Virginia, and they were supposed to play Baylor, and Baylor got canceled. And I get that Baylor got canceled, but that's a pretty good initial start, right? A two-seed a team that's really good eventually. They weren't good then, Auburn. And West Virginia, which is probably a 2-3 seed, that's a pretty good start.
0: Yeah, no, I, look, they've had a great run. I'm not trying to take anything away from their season. But to answer your question, I'm just telling you why I don't think you hear a lot of talk about them right now.
1: Yeah, undefeated is undefeated, though. That's pretty good. I, All right, t- re- I don't disagree with that. We're going to let you go. Uh, we appreciate you calling him. And, uh, good what luck are you eating? You. I'm eating peanuts, So, by the way. I haven't had dinner. I've I I've not eaten all day, so I'm sorry. That's on me. It's, it's peanuts, so it's, it's shame on me. Rick, tell Jim Kelch I said hello, and I'll let you go.
0: I will. Thanks, guys.
1: Hi, right, boy. Be good. See, Rick. All right, Chad. Let's get to um, let's get to UC. Um, nice win today, and they got the five seed in the conference tournament. So where do they go from here? And and and, and what can they do to win this tournament? Obviously, you got to avoid Houston. You can argue that that game was a one off. It was a weird game. But where are they from that point?
2: Well, they open, they get a buy, so they won't play Thursday. They'll play Friday at about 3.30 because the first game will be 1 o'clock and then, you know, you have half hour to switch teams and all that good stuff. Um, so Friday at 3.30 against an SMU team that hasn't played since February like <laughs> it's 3rd. Been it's been a while. Like – I mean, we thought UC's 25-day layoff was long. This is like 10 days longer. Right. It's like a 35-day layoff. It is crazy. You're right. Crazy. For for Houston, for SMU. So um, you're going to get an SMU team that, that's going to be rusty. Uh, they are very – they're talented. I mean, they, they're still, in a lot of places, still have SMU somewhere on the bubble because they they did enough before they went on pause – that they, I don't think they would be in, but they've got a chance if they if they break this thing right that they get to the finals. They they might be a team that could find their way into the tournament somehow. Uh, we don't know because they haven't played. But you, you get an SMU team that you beat in Dallas. Okay. Good point. Coming off a 35 day layoff or whatever it is for them, and then Wichita State hung on for the number one seed. So, Wichita State is in the same top half of the bracket and would face the, probably if they win their first game, would face the winner of Cincinnati and SMU. You want to play would- Wichita State? You want to play Houston? I, w-
1: I would want to play Wichita State, for goodness sakes.
2: Hats off to Wichita State. They have had a very good season. Oh,
1: yeah. And- a- a- I mean, the guy that's, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but the guy's done a great job stepping in for Greg Marshall. I mean, great job.
2: Well, and I've mentioned this on this podcast. I think they remind me a lot of last year's UC team because they had a bunch of spots to fill, but they still, what people overlooked when talking about that team, they still had three or four guys from that core that stayed and that have been their best players. So they're being carried by these three or four guys the guys that they added are complimenting those top 3 four guys on the roster. They've got a couple freshmen that are playing well, but they're not Houston. You you, you got a much better chance to beat Wichita State than you do to beat Houston. So, oh, no question, no question. If, if you can navigate that, you're into the finals. We saw today Memphis take Houston to the wire in Houston. On senior day.
1: But my scary part of that is Houston or Memphis is really good. And they showed you see they're really good.
2: They're really talented. Yes. The, there's a, I don't know that they're really good.
1: No, good, good. That's a fair point. You're, yeah. You're right.
2: That's good. call. I know that they're really talented. I don't know that they're really good, but, but still Memphis and Houston will likely meet in the semis. And that's going to be a bloodbath of a game.
1: Yes, and then you're exhausted to go to the finals.
2: And Houston has already shown in the past under Samson, they don't put a lot of weight right on the AAC tournament.
1: Um, I, I was asked this question tonight. It's it's a
2: long know? shot. It's a no, long it shot. No, but it's, they got but, they're down to seven players if Mikey Saunders can't get his foot right. No, good point. So three games in three days—that is not a kind setting for where Cincinnati is at right now.
1: Hey, everybody, but, they played AAU back in the day. You played four games in a day. You can do it. If, if you told me Cincinnati was going to be the
2: five seed and asked me how to map things out. And it didn't involve Houston or Memphis until the finals. Sign me up. Damn it. Sign me up immediately. Sign me up for the bracket where you get SMU and then Wichita state instead of the bracket where you get Memphis, And then Houston, Cincinnati Uh, can come out and lose to SMU. I'm not saying otherwise, right? No, you're very obvious that they could, but if I'm John Brandon and I get to pick a bracket, this is the bracket I'm picking.
1: All right. I was asked this question tonight, again, on sports authority on on local 12.com. And you can see it on local 12 as well. Um, I miss
2: those days. I miss not, I know you do. not getting you to come you, in and be on the show. Cause I'm not fun. allowed. To, um, yeah. You guys all work there. I don't, I don't <laughs> work there. Yeah.
1: So, and um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, I was asked, what does UC need to do to make this a successful season at this point? And I said, I think they already have done it, but what do you say?
2: UC fans are not going to be, uh, there's nothing they can. I mean, unless you make the tournament, so, when they win the AAC tournament and win a game or two in the NCAAs, and then maybe people will consider. I mean, they're 500 skinny. They're eight and six in conference. They're, they're, they are the epitome of a 500 team right now. They're five and five at home, five and five on the road. Like they're 10 and 10. Like they, they are some games they come out and they look like they did today. Some games they come out and they look like they did against Fandy on Thursday. Yeah. And, and there's and no the man, telling the in-between. And the Vandy
1: game was disappointing. That, that was the one that disappointed me a little bit. Because I thought, look, oh, man, uh, your passes.
2: Uh, uh, Scotty Pippen did something like, uh, <laughs> he was unbelievable. It's the best performance I've seen this year.
1: He's really good. Dude, he's really good. You're right. He's yeah.
2: Really, and, but- and he, you know, he's really good in a 20-point-a-game, 22-point-a-game type of, uh, like, average. He was skinny at halftime. He had like 24, 26 points on seven shots. That's crazy. Seven shots. Somebody said to me on Twitter at halftime, maybe they could guard him. They fouled him twice. Yes, that's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Now the other three, yes, they were open. They guarded him so closely. They fouled him twice and he still made both of those threes. Two four point plays and a half. When's the last time you saw a kid have two four point Never. plays and a half?
1: I'm not sure. I've seen a kid have two point two four point plays in a game. In a game,
2: right? Um, so I, I don't think there's. Yes, if they if they can figure out a way to win the tournament and make make the big dance. You could, you could definitely say with everything that this team has gone through. Oh my I, goodness,
1: that that's a complete success. But if they if they, if, if they won a game or two, Chad and got to the semis, for lack of a better term, they
2: would they'd have to beat SMU to get to the semis, and SMU right. hasn't played since Trump was in offices. <laughs> it's true, close, true, not, I mean, close, true. It's not true. close. Well, it's like a it's like a week a week off. Yes, <laughs> but I mean, I, I
1: the, the fact that if you that, get
2: to the finals. If you get to the finals, I guess that would ensure a winning season because it would be twelve and eleven if they lost right, in the finals. Right. Um, I, I just, I Cincinnati fans aren't, uh, tw- you know, finishing a game above five hundred isn't going to be considered. I, I get it, a success.
1: I, I get it, but the fact that when they were three and what seven, they and, were three
2: and seven, yeah,
1: correct. And the fact that they had some attrition and COVID, and they everything picked themselves else,
2: up off the mat. You
1: could have sure. just gone. You know what? I'm done. I'm done. I am absolutely done. The yeah, done. I'm done. A couple as a guys coach. did. Correct, and they didn't. And I know that that that, that 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 does not sit well with the fan base. I get that. Trust me. If you're listening to this, you're like, that's not. No, that tells me that this guy they knows fought. what he's doing as a coach, and the kids really want to play for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, they fought really hard down the stretch, uh, without question, and they could have folded after what happened against Houston. They could have folded today after after looking not good against Vandy um they have continued to pick themselves up off the mat and fight, which if you're John, I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for given the season that that they've had um and I, I just don't know that like to call it a success, I guess making it to the finals, getting this team over five hundred when you were three and seven. Uh, the start is what it is. Like you, you can't change that, uh, but you can bounce back from it. Yes. and and making a run to the finals would definitely signify. Like, look, we're say what you will about what has happened with this team so far this season. They have continued to show that they're not falling down the the, the food chain more than a, a rung or two in the American Athletic Conference.
1: Yeah, no question. So,
2: so. Getting to the final would definitely be a, a a good positive piece of momentum for them to consider as a success. Get to the tournament. Uh, it's not likely, but get to really. the
1: tournament. See, I see. I would think to win a couple of games and get to whatever next level tournament there is. There's not a, not a, not a lot of next level tournaments. College Insider is done, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Nit is still on. NIT
2: see? has cut to sixteen teams. I, I, you're not yeah. making the okay. NIT. Fair, at yeah, fair. And yeah, fair.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so that's probably right. You're probably right. Um, the NIT is
2: like, think about how happy the NIT is right now. In you're going to get way? Kentucky and Duke if they like. If they they won't accept. There's no way.
1: There's no you way you could get
2: Kentucky and Duke in the NIT.
1: There's no <laughs> way to get them both. There's no way. There's no. I don't
2: there's think there's they no get. Way. I get. I think both say thanks, but no thanks. But it would it, be. Uh, it would be it's, interesting. That would get say, a lot of eyes on that tournament.
1: Yeah, I will say it's so funny. Um, I heard a trivia question tonight, and you you would know the answer anyway. So did I. The The four teams that have been the most number one seeds since 1979 when they started seeding the tournament, who are they? You know it. You know the answer. It's easy.
2: Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas.
1: Correct. It's, I mean, it's so easy. And yet, two of those teams are not going to make the tournament, right? Yeah.
2: And, and and Carolina and Kansas are, are going to be what? Like seven, eight, nine seats? I don't think
1: Kansas will. I think Kansas, Kansas, be is, a, Kansas
2: has played maybe, well.
1: Maybe they, yeah, maybe a four or five. But yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, yeah, correct. And Carolina's probably a 10, but still, right. That's a good <laughs> point. It's crazy. Michigan
2: State probably played their way off the bubble today.
1: Correct. I mean, there's no way they did not beat any Michigan. There's no way they did not. Michigan's, I mean, especially, Michigan, Michigan's a clear, clear number one seed. I know it was in their home court. But the thing is, this year, you have to look and go, are there fans and there's no fans. So it doesn't right. matter
2: Michigan state. I, I think you'd have to, especially like I said with Rick, everybody that's on the bubble is completely crapping down their leg. Correct. And Michigan state gets a, a, a number one seed scalp. They're in
1: correct. They have to I, be in. there's no, there's no way they can't be in. I mean, they, that, that, that was yeah. the win for them that got them in, which is can, good. good for them.
2: Can we talk a little bit about today's game?
1: Which game? You see, you see, you
2: haven't touched on it at all.
1: Your boy, Jeremiah Devenport. Really? He's my guy. He is my guy. You know, that. your he's guy. my guy. Oh yeah. He's my guy. high
2: school. Yes. Correct. Love that is your guy. Love. Um, he has continued to assert himself as an all conference level piece going forward. Agree. I, I, absolutely. And, that's a Great point. Absolutely. And when you have him, with the ability to shoot and now he's starting to to show a little bit more ability to attack off the bounce. He's starting to play uh, as a coach. You will understand this because every coach I've ever met is uh, adamant about playing off of two hands and two feet.
1: Yeah. um, I'm a big two feet guy. Go off two feet.
2: Yeah. Land on two feet, play off two feet, play with two hands. Correct. Do not, do not get caught with the ball in one hand. Do not get caught passing in the air. Do not shoot one-handed, one-footed floaters. Um, he is I hate, learning. I
1: hate floaters. I I've told a couple kids, I'm like, you know what, Steph Curry does it great. And you know what? You ain't Steph Curry, so have a good day. Don't do it again. <laughs> Dude, it's funny. Because it's, a, it's, it's, it's so good you said that because I am so adamant against it. I hate it.
2: Every coach I've ever been around teaches two feet, two hands. Correct. Like Correct. religiously. He is he is starting to grasp why that is important except for the dunk he did just outside the the, the, the circle today. Uh, did you see that?
1: It, I, 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 I heard it. I did not see it, but I heard about it. it, it I, he is, I'll tell you what. Here's the thing, Chad. The thing for him is he's just a winner. The, mm-hmm. He's just a winner. That's all I know about the kid. I mean, he just knows how to go win games for you. And you can go, well, you see, should be 20 and two. No, they're not good enough right now. And the schedule is baby. I mean,
2: Think how bad they would be without He's Jeremiah a,
1: Davenport. Correct.
2: He's a <laughs> winner. He is an absolute winner, dude. And Mason Madsen is becoming that three point threat. That so, guy that
1: got no, I say, does, so does Gabe come back because of him?
2: I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know on that. Um, we haven't heard much from Gabe. He's been back in Minnesota with his family. Uh, he did show up at the Tulane game. He came down with his family from Minnesota to see Mason play. That was the first time I've seen him since uh, he he didn't come back from Christmas and opted out. Uh, I, I, I You would hope that that's a positive sign. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know with him because I, I wonder how much he's a kid that's really close to his family. And I, I don't know. And Minnesota to Cincinnati is not, you know, you so, ain't getting home for mom's cooking very much. I, I just, I, I'm not sure. I don't want to speak out of turn on that because I no, don't no, know. You're fair. No, fair, fair. <laughs> I don't know where his head's at.
1: Um, so the, f- and, the flip and I would side be, is, the flip side is, does Mason go, eh, I'm done too?
2: I don't think so. Cause I think he's found a, a home. Look, Finding a role at a place like Cincinnati, a school with the like Cincinnati is not easy.
1: No, right. I, I I'm with you. I, I, just, it's, it's a curious question. Cause if the other kid doesn't go, it says nah. And the other kid goes, yeah, you're right. Nah.
2: I mean, I look, they're thrive. Mason is thriving with Gabe back home right now. Right. Like, right. I, I, I again, it's not something I want to speak out of turn on because I, I don't know exactly what either of them are thinking, but I think Mason, if you're Mason, you look at this and say, look, man, and, and I warn people against this, the entire recruiting process, everybody that said they recruited Mason just to get Gabe. I'm like, no, Mason's got Gabe. And he's got an irrational confidence that for shooters, you have to have. He went one of nine from three against Vanderbilt.
1: And get back and it up today,
2: and, and and career high nineteen points right. today, and and really was the difference because he and Davenport
1: had nineteen apiece. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: and 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 ECU, so U C had that 12-0 run, and and they stretched the lead to fourteen, and ECU quickly cuts it to seven. Okay, and at that point, you're I think there was about five and a half six minutes left, and it's like look, if ECU gets this thing to five by the the final media timeout. We're in for we're in for a final four minutes. It's not going to be a lot of, you know, another nail biting Cincinnati finish. And Mason said, "Nah, man, bang, bang, bang. Like big play, big play, big play three, three. And all of a sudden it's back up to it's an 18, 19 point lead. And that was because of Mason Madsen. Right. No, no question. You're and, and, and you add that with Mike Adams Woods. And what we've seen in flashes, even though he was unavailable today for, with, with a foot sprain from Mikey Saunders, now you're looking at four guys on your perimeter plus Tari Eason. Is it good enough to to, to knock off like Houston at this point in time or, or next year? Probably not. But you've got a puncher's chance. Now you Correct. introduce David DeJulius Correct. back into the mix. All of a sudden, you've got a core. And yes, whatever happens in this spring – is going to be critical for John Brandon's program. They weren't able to land anybody in the fall. And I know everybody is freaking out about that. i much rather, and, and people have such a misconception on this, this, the way this whole thing played out. They had a group of guys that they had evaluated and felt like, if we can get anybody in this group of guys early, then we're comfortable. If not, we feel like we're reaching, and we feel like we might not be adding a kid that we know is a good fit for who we are. You know what happens when you add kids that you are unsure of? You, you they lose. transfer in a year right. or two, and you lose. So this entire con- like concept that that John didn't know what he was doing, or that he failed miserably in the fall. If you want to say that because they couldn't get a couple of the guys that they were really high on, if you want to call that failure, okay, but that's recruiting. I think the success is not saying, not freaking out and reaching and recruiting kids and taking kids just to have a couple kids in the pipeline. But it means, and this is like, we've talked about this a couple times, Skinny. People are so bad at nuance these days. Both of these things can be true. John Brannan made what he felt and probably will be right on that. The right thing to do was hold things until spring. That can be true while also saying it magnifies the importance of what you do this spring.
1: Right? Like, yes, they can both be true. Well, and, and the other thing is right or wrong. I'm not a big fan of it. I get it. The transfer portal is huge. It's just huge. Of course it is.
2: There's going to be 1,500 kids in the transfer. You portal. think? Yeah, minimum. There were almost 15, if not 1,500 kids that entered the transfer portal last year. I mean, De so Julius Julius you before, are going to have a chance to get better,
1: right? And De Julius, before he left, was a great player. Where did he come from? The transfer portal. I mean, it, it, I where, mean it, where did he
2: leave? A number one seed. He was going to be their starting point guard. Correct.
1: Correct. And they just went. Okay, we're good. We go, We got you. And it's not yeah. a knock on him. It's just no. they get it. <laughs> so, the, like,
2: what I would say is, I get the anxiety of not having anybody landed yet. I get it, but would it make you feel better if they had two kids landed that were bad fits and that weren't going to last a year anyway? Or that would it somehow ma- makes it better?
1: Or would it or make you? Fe- it, hang or on. Weren't but, any good. Or, or would it make you feel better that come? may whatever june or april that they got three division one starters from other programs would that make you feel better right so that's where we're at
2: yeah that's where we're at let it play out let's so we're in we're playing poker right now and we have not seen the turn of the river and we're acting like we know the hand.
1: Well, because, you know, we do because we see it on TV and we know that we've seen the two
2: cards. We've seen the
1: flop. Jimmy Jimmy has ace king suited and they flop spade, spade, spade. And he's got an ace spade and he's like, "Okay, I'm good. Right. So let it
2: play out. Let let the process get to where it needs to be. And then we can make a decision on where we think things are going into next year, because we have seen that they have. A, 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 it's not a great core, but they have a solid core right now of guys that have a chance to continue to get better. Think about the jump we saw from Jeremiah Davenport sure. freshman to sophomore year.
1: Dude, dude I, uh, that, that's a perfect point. So let me ask you this point before we move on. Um, the job you think John has done, done with developing players like Jeremiah. Um, I think it's been pretty impressive to be quite frank.
2: It's been solid. I mean, it's been very good. We've seen Jeremiah develop. We, we've seen Micah Adams-Woods. You know, it's interesting. I, this has been my kind of, I don't want to say issue, but this has been my 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 rallying cry for Micah. When he has had to step up, he has stepped up. But when he when he has been kind of a step back, like when it was to Julius and Keith that were kind of running things, right? Sure.
1: Which makes Micah, sense.
2: Micah is content, and, and uh, this is Jeremiah Davenport's the perfect <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> perfect comparison here, because Mike Adams Woods is one that'll say, "Okay, these these are the guys. Like I, I'm okay with playing in the flow and 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 getting them the ball and getting them in the right spots, and and making things happen for them. But then when you know." David DeJulius is removed. Then Mike Adams Wood steps up and becomes a much more prominent piece of what, what everybody's doing. Right. Jeremiah Davenport doesn't wait for anybody, bro. (laughs) He doesn't wait for any, it doesn't matter to him. If I got an open shot, I'm taking it. If I got a chance to get us a bucket, I'm getting it. If I got a chance to do something to help my team, I'm doing it.
1: And the funny part, the funny part to him is, It's not a selfish play. Trust me. No, 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 no. He's
2: making the right play.
1: Correct. He's always making the right play. That's what I want more
2: of Mike Adams Woods to do. Right. Instead of being being accepting being a secondary guy, right, when you have the right play, take it and be aggressive because now he's forced into that role when he's doing it. But when he's not forced into that role, He's okay with being a spot-up three-point shooter. Or, you know what he's great at, Skinny? That kid is is the best cutter, off-ball oh, cutter I've dude, seen at UC in 10 years.
1: Dude, they cut so hard. I mean, no, they're, they're, no question. No question. How many
2: times over the past three weeks has he made a cut where you're just like, whoa, where the hell did that cut? Where did that pass come from? Oh, it, Micah made the right cut. Micah it, beat his guy. Cut, got a pass, laid it
1: in. And the funny part is, that is, guess what that takes for basketball talent? You know what that takes for basketball talent? None. None. Zero, zilch, none. Just go make a play. Don't stand. Go cut. Don't stand. Dude, I'm a big, I, I do this all the time with my kids, and it's terrible. But I I like the three-point line because I get it. I do get it. But I said, don't let this be a magnet. There's no way this can be a magnet. There's no way right. you can stand here and not make a cut. Go make a basket cut. Occasionally with the balls on the other side of the floor, go make a basket cut, please. And it's it's so funny because there's a lot of truth to that, right? Absolutely. How much more effective are your
2: shooters if the defense knows that their guy might cut them to death if they if they shade? If they're if if, if they're playing help defense and Mason Madsen's on the wing <clears throat> and Mike Adams Woods is on the baseline <clears throat> and the guy on the baseline sees his guy come up to make a play at the top. He has to step up to, to shade to Mason Madsen to make sure he doesn't get an open shot. There goes Mike Adams Woods cut to the rim bucket layup. Yeah. That's a scouting report on your, for your defense, right? Correct. Have to be aware this kid will cut you to death and that's what he's been doing. I, yep. I I want to see him get to do more of that.
1: All right. So, so lastly, I'll go back to, so if John wins a game, if he doesn't win a game, whatever, is this season been a success based on where they were at three and seven?
2: <laughs> if we're starting at three and seven. Yeah. I mean, like I said, n- nobody, n- nobody and, and John, I don't think would tell you 10 and 10 is a success a success. Um, oh,
1: I know he wouldn't, but yes. But
2: to fight back from where they were, especially three and seven, and then you have twenty five days off, and twenty five days off where you were dealing with a lot of crap, and guys were in and out of isolation and didn't in and practice. out of protocol. They couldn't. Pra- they practiced twice and wow. two full team practices in twenty five days, which is crazy. To come back and fight back the way that they did. The second half of the season post COVID has been a success. Yes. You got your ass kicked by Houston. Yes. You battled against Memphis, but you didn't quite have enough to get over the top. The Vandy game. Ugh, whatever.
1: Yeah. The, Vandy, a- game was, the Vandy game is the one that I'm like, nah, that's not, that's not right. You shouldn't lose them, but yeah. still I get it.
2: Th- they had a kid play out of his freaking yeah. mind.
1: No, you're right. I mean, yeah, I get it.
2: Um, Everything else, they did exactly what they had to do, and they fought, and they played hard, and they moved the ball. Memphis is – look, Memphis is the number two defense in the country.
1: Dude, their eyeball test is absurd. absurd. U.C. scored
2: 47 points in the second half on that Memphis team.
1: Yeah, absurd.
2: They scored 47 points in the second half today at ECU on the road. Um. You have to look at what they did post COVID post pause and say, they gave you everything they had everything. and you had, yes. you had Zach Harvey opt out and you had David DeJulius opt out and you're down to without Mikey Saunders, you're down to seven players. You have one guard and one big man on the bench. Like, that that's all you have right now? Mason Madsen and Tari Eason. Or not, uh, uh, Mamadou Diara. Dude. Or hey, the or the bench ha, today. Hang
1: on. You had Sam Martin.
2: You did have Sam Martin. <laughs> and Rob Banks.
1: Yes, good call.
2: <laughs> Rob, his his nickname should be Some Bleepin'. Rob Some Bleepin' <laughs> Banks. That's good. Did you
1: see his pass today? I did not. Was it
2: good? Cut. Behind the back pass. In the lane. For, a, like, a perfect delivery on a cutter down the lane for a layup for a walk-on, you would have lost your mind. You'd have been so proud of Rob Banks. He
1: he literally like saw it coming ahead of time and and did it. That's awesome. I mean, dude, dude, it's so funny. I I coached uh, for for a friend of mine. I coached a middle school AAU game yesterday. And we played a team from Goshen. that was really good. They beat us. They beat him by 24, but I had better players this time around. So we're up. And, and all I heard was this kid's like Pistol Pete. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> okay. He doesn't shoot it well, but he's Pistol Pete. Okay, it's fine. So I'm looking. So he throws a pass to the wing, makes a great basket cut, right? Right down the lane. My kid got with his head turned. He catches it. And this is no lie. Kind of the pass you're talking about. As soon as he caught it, he whips it behind his back to a kid for a layup. And I took a timeout and I wasn't even mad. And you know me, I can get mad, as you know. Oh, yeah. I said, fellas, I said, here's the thing. That cat can pass a basketball. I said, guess what he can't do so far? <laughs> he can't, he can't shoot. shoot it. So why are we even challenging him at this point? Right, right. And so don't, don't play we, to his strengths. <laughs> correct. But it was, dude, and I, I walked up to him at the end of the game, and his coach was mad because I don't think they would lo- lost. I We were playing the Southwest Ohio League. I don't think they'd lost a the game. I didn't know this, but they were really good, and they were really good. So I walked up to the kid at the end of the game. I slapped him on the side. I said, "Hey, man, you're a heck of a passer, man." And the coach goes, "Hey, thanks." He goes, "That was really nice. Of you guys, said, that behind the back pass is the best literally I've ever seen. Kind of like we're talking about. It. Like when you see a play ahead of time, and I'm sure this he did. He saw it ahead yeah. of time. It's like, oh yeah, I am gonna come here. He's gonna step up and get me. I'm going behind the back here, and I'm, the guy's gonna make a layup. It's incredible to watch that stuff. It really this is. is. A,
2: this is a walk on that head fake the closeout. Correct. Drove. And made a perfect pass for a layup. That's
1: insane. That's awesome. That is so and, good to see.
2: And that wasn't garbage time. That was like,
1: the, right. The, it was
2: like a game on line, three, right. four point game in the right. middle of the, the second half.
1: Yeah, game on Rob Banks.
2: Rob Banks. Seven That's minutes inc- from Rob Banks. Two That's fouls, one inc- assist.
1: Well, you go back to Hugs. Hugs' best team, yeah. <laughs> not best teams, but his his early team he had some walk ons and they helped. They helped a whole lot. So I
2: just, I, I'm waiting to get Rob Banks in a post game. Because he's from England and I just want to hear
1: just to hear the accent, uh,
2: yeah. I want to hear an English accent in a post game press yeah. conference for UC. That's not something I don't think, uh, I, I would guess that would be the first,
1: <laughs> yeah. Probably right. All right, a couple more things. Um, I'll ask you the Gonzaga question in the second I asked Rick, but let me ask you first about Kentucky. Um, did Saturday do anything to make you go, okay, they're close, or do you know South go, Carolina stinks? Yes, um, I'm with you on that. I'm just asking if that. Look,
2: look, I know factually Vanderbilt is the worst team in the SEC. They're not worse than South Carolina. That South Carolina team is. Agreed. Painfully bad. Painfully bad.
1: Does Frank lose his job?
2: Look, I know he's, he's in the past tried to get out. Yeah. Like, does he lose his job? No, I don't think so. Does uh, he find somebody that's willing to uh, get him out of that job? A, a situation, a situation where you know you can you can uh, find a soft landing so that you don't get fired. Maybe what is a soft landing skinny? He has been there seven years. He's made the tournament once
1: and went to the final four in an absolute crazy year. No doubt. Luke an absolute dude. Dude, dude, trust me. I'm not, I'm not defending what you just are uh, arguing. What you just said You're, you're absolutely right. Um, but at the same time, it is still a final four. It is. But how much rope does that buy you? If you can't make the Good tournament question. again,
2: how, how many years? Because this is what four? Were it four since his
1: final four, four? Four or five, but yes, correct.
2: How many, how many years rope does that get you
1: legitimately?
2: No, if you if you can't make it not even you're not get you're you're not you're in the tournament, but you're not winning. You can't get and you're not close. When's the last time they were on the bubble?
1: No, no question. No, I mean, I think even that year weren't they twenty one and twelve?
2: Yes, they snuck in, and they yes. they they had a they had a couple dudes who couldn't play offense all year, made shots. all of a sudden made shots. And that's what we're right. talking about
1: with Xavier, right? Of yeah, all of a sudden, no, oh exactly. here we go, guys making shots.
2: Um, so no, I, I it didn't do much for me in terms of uh, did it did it convince me. Because Kentucky's had, I'm with you. Kentucky's had multiple chances to to change their narrative, correct? And every time they played, something they go and 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 crap down their
1: leg. But here's the thing: did did Saturday give them maybe a little boost of confidence to go? Hey, we are possibly, pretty
2: good. possibly. Yeah, we are pretty good. I mean.
1: And, but, the, and no offense, but, I, 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 and you, I think you're with me. I, I love Alabama. I love the style because it's the style of today. But if you're not making jump shots, and there's games you just don't, you just miss. They them. can be had. Correct. They can be had. And then you look and go, who else? Who else is there in the league? Arkansas. Yeah, they got some veterans that have transferred. Yeah. They're good and a good coach and you know that. Don't don't remind I know. me of I, I, I the veterans. I, I, I realize that. I'm I'm not trying to go back to whatever. You, was three, you four are years ago.
2: lucky that you guys screwed up the whole we're not allowed to cuss thing because I was gonna call you
1: a bad word. I sir. know that. So there we go. So so I'm that glad I, I'm glad I caught am cool. glad I caught you on that. But um he, he's a good coach and you'll agree with that. He is. Uh, uh, but still, it's not like this year you go, Oh, they're so good, it's ridiculous. I mean, Florida's so good, they're ridiculous. Tennessee's no. so good. Alabama's so good. Alabama is good. They're good. They, they can win the whole thing making a bunch of crazy jump shots because it's what they do, and they could lose in the second round to a seven seed, and you're like, what in the world just happened to that? How, how did that happen?
2: Very true. Very true. So it, it's, it's, not, it's not a tournament that, that Kentucky can't win. It's just a tournament that Kentucky won't win.
1: A good call. <laughs> How's you know, that? That's a great point. I think you're right. I think you're dead right on that. Because I just don't see them playing consistently well enough to do that. Right? Well, they got to play four, right? T- 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got to yeah, play they- consistently well to do that.
2: How? How? Okay. Um, how many wins do they have? Uh Nine. So they barely won four games twice this season.
1: Uh, correct. They're uh, going to no, win four still, games in dude, a week, dude, dude. Dude, they have not. They, I, I'm not sure they've won three games in a row this season. Maybe, right. maybe once, but not have they
2: four. had a winning streak? Uh,
1: no. Yeah, <laughs> no. Fair enough. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, let me get you the Gonzaga question before I let you go and give you a final take. Um, are we is 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 the country undersold them? I mean. I remember when Indiana went undefeated, we certainly all remember when Kentucky went undefeated going to the Final 4 of that was the greatest team ever and they're going to run the table and they're going to go 40 and 0 which would have been insane. And you right or wrong whether I like John or not, it's insane to think a team could go 40 and 0. But if we undersold this Gonzaga team because of this goofy year or are they that good.
2: They're that good. I mean, here's what I don't think is is fair to Gonzaga, they've been number one all season. Right? How how can we undersell a team that's been number one? But is anybody talking in
1: that narrative though, Chad? I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to tell yeah, you I'm a genius, Rick's, but I mean, it... we
2: talked about it in, in November and December. Okay, but then Rick's right on on they're out of sight, out of mind when they get into that conference because one, they're playing games at eleven o'clock at night. And two, they're playing games that nobody, like everybody knows the outcome before the game is played. But
1: but you know what's funny about that, though? I used to remember that about the UNLV team, the Stacey Augman. Um, um, yeah. Uh, who's, the, who's the big guy? I'm drawing a complete blank. Larry dude. Johnson, Larry Stacey Johnson, Johnson, Augman. You, yeah, Larry, yeah, uh, yeah,
2: thank you. Uh, Greg Anthony. Uh, and, and, Anderson Hunt. Anderson yeah, correct, Hunt. Uh, correct.
1: Correct. One of my um, favorite
2: teams of all time.
1: But I used to love watching them at midnight. I hate to say it. I, I would, and granted, it was probably my like degenerate gambling days when I did that. But I used to love watching. Are them you at saying midnight. you're
2: not a degenerate gambler anymore? Not,
1: yeah, not not like that. I mean, I was a I was a complete. You're degenerate. still a
2: degenerate gambler, but not like that.
1: No, not even close to that. Okay. That was the that was, and they were the they were my Monday night. Remember the Big East? Or oh the, yeah, I'm sorry, it was Monday Big days? Monday. It was yeah. big Monday. It was and they were the last of the big Monday because they were big they west. Should
2: have, they should have put big in front of UNLV because it was Big East, Big Twelve, UNLV.
1: Correct. And they that's weren't exactly showing anybody else. In no, the big west. Not, a not a chance. Every <laughs> Monday night was and UNLV. You, and you they'd be laying like 23 and a half. You're like, no way, right. but I'm gonna take them. And they'd be up 26 to 2. And you're like, Thank you. I'm going to bed. Have a good night. You wake well, up the next day, it was 101.57. Thank you. Good I, thanks. I, I think you know what? I think you just brought up a great point to
2: shine the light on why Gonzaga doesn't move the needle like that.
1: Mark Few's boring. He is boring, but I I I Tark, love him. Tark,
2: not boring. No, right? correct. People tuned in one because that team was awesome to watch, but because Tark was Tark. Nobody is marking a Mark Few game on their calendar to check
1: out Mark Few. That's a, fair that, point. That's a fair point. That's why I'm wondering, why are they under the radar? Dude, they're, they're Because undefeated. Mark Few is under the radar. That's who Mark
2: Few wants to be. Fair enough. Right? That's who he wants his team to be. Even though they've risen to heights that no team outside the Power Five has managed since we have seen the influx of TV money changing everything. Right. They're not getting the TV money, and they're still doing it, and they're not doing it once every three or four years. They're doing it every day, Every year. year. Right. And, and Mark Few is perfectly fine doing you, what he does quietly and kind of off the radar. And so, that's so, why that's why the public doesn't the public is not overly attracted to Gonzaga. No. If you watch them, you should be because they are how you want to watch basketball played. They pass, they space, they make shots, they have bigs, they're tough, they're physical at the rim, you can throw it inside and get buckets, they can kick it out and kill you, they can beat you on the break. Jalen Suggs is is maybe my favorite player in college basketball to watch this year because he does it all, but they're not selling tickets, man. They're not... They're I'm not gonna... selling tickets.
1: It's funny. I, um, I, I, I have a bunch of media guides from back in the day and I covered Kentucky for five years back in the early two thousands. And I pulled one out the other day from 2002. I think it was maybe 2003. Uh-huh. And they played Gonz- or Gonzaga was in the, um, the uh maui invitational i actually got a chance to cover it which i feel privileged to do because i got to go to hawaii for a week on that's a hell 9. of a week brother yeah it's a great week it's one of my best That's a hell ever. of a week brother um but then i look Did you back at my like, wife uh yo yeah, oh, yeah the the whole the whole crew went um wow oh so, yeah it was, it was a good week so anyway so um i look back i'm like holy cow mark few was in his second year as head coach at gonzaga remember ronnie turioff oh yeah He was coming off off the year when he averaged 7.4 points and 4.3 rebounds per game the year before, not the year of. And suddenly he was like a dude. And I'm thinking, holy cow, he has done this stuff for 20 years. And he has. And you you know that he has. And I I, honestly, there's a part of me that goes, you know what, dude? You've done such a great job there that you deserve to win the title. I mean, you deserve to run. No doubt. Yeah. it's, It's crazy. And maybe that will move the needle more for him. If he's
2: a national yes. championship guy. Yes. yes. Because good right good now everybody knows he's a great coach, but I, I just don't think anybody has like, no, you're right. Gonzaga's my team. Like, yes. I, you know what? I, I can't wait to get home on a Monday night and watch Gonzaga play at 10. No, game. you're
1: actually, dude, I, I'm the same way. And I, 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 back in the day, I was like, yeah, yeah, eh, okay. They're going to win by you know, one on or Loyola. Good enough. Thank you. Have a good night. I don't, I don't care any longer, but you're right. You know, who's having a great podcast tonight. Me, you're you're doing well. You're doing well.
2: You're doing well. Without Rick here, I'm really shining, skinny.
1: All right, so I'm going to leave you with this. So I'm going to leave you with this. We got about a minute or two. Minute or two. We got all the time
2: we want. We work on the internet.
1: Do you have a final take?
2: Yes. Oh, I love it. Here we go. Remember in 2017. When I would come on this podcast. I
1: don't March. even remember yesterday, but give me 2017. You're, Go you're
2: gonna remember, and as soon as I say it, you're gonna remember. I would come on this podcast in late February March, and March and even after the season, after the disaster in, in Nashville, and I would say, Fans, cherish this. Yeah, good call. Because it doesn't happen often it doesn't. that your team is great. You don't, if you're a UC or a Xavier fan, you are not rooting for Kentucky and Duke and Carolina and Kansas, et cetera, in the blue blood world. You are rooting for UC and Xavier, who are two historically strong programs, but the years that they are great are years to be cherished. And now UC is at 500. Xavier just lost at Georgetown and at Marquette. And they're potentially going to miss the NCAA tournament for the third year in a row.
1: Dude, dude, I don't want to cut and you These off real, real, real times rant. are dude, tough, it, brother. Yes. Dude, here's the thing there is a legitimate chance, I mean, a legitimate chance, other than Ohio State and maybe Indiana, but probably not. Other than Ohio State, that nobody in the market that we are in goes to the NCAA tournament. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. While well, Louisville's going. Well, they're technically not, our, we don't, we don't cover them. So you're, yeah, I mean, you're right, but technically they're not in our market for what we cover, but you're right. So, but think about that for a second. That's a yeah. lot of misses. It's a lot of misses. It's what you said earlier, man. And I've tried to explain this to people
2: for a long time. Winning ain't easy at this level. I. You get the, you get the Luke Fickles and you get the McCronins and you get the, the, the Chris Max and, and, and Sean Miller from, and Thad. And there's been a great run of, of coaches that have come in here and one in this town and people, it makes people think it's easy. It's not easy. It's just, it's not easy. easy. And, and has had tough circumstances. I think they should have probably done more the first two years with, with the level of talent they had at the top of that roster but it took some time to build the bottom of that roster. And and it's still taking time. It's taking John time to build the top, the middle and the bottom of his roster because of the turnover that you see has had. It it took Luke a year. It only took him a year because Luke's really bleeping good. I'll bleep that for Rick really bleeping good, but it took Luke a year.
1: And to his credit, he, I mean, no offense, Cincinnati's not a hotbed for college basketball. It's a hotbed for football.
2: Yeah. He, he, he maximized what we could, what Cincinnati could do in the market. And when you're not a hotbed, it's, it's even harder to turn it around because you can't say, I'm just going to get these guys in the region where you can't. And it's funny because you can't, I guess you can't use Indiana in this, in this comparison, but like Purdue, I guess Notre Dame, they're struggling this year a bit, but, Indiana's a hotbed of talent. Those, those schools can say, you know what? We can fix this here. We can fix this here. Yeah, good luck. You can't fix it recruiting Cincinnati. You can't fix it really recruiting Ohio because there's like three or four high major kids and three of them go to Ohio State every year. So good luck fixing it in Ohio. Winning is really, really, really hard. And uh, I tried to warn you guys in 2017 to enjoy the ride. No, good call. A because call. you n- you never know when the- you never know when the car stops, and you never know when the train runs off the track, or when you get stuck at the top of the hill, as John Brandon wanted to say. I was at uh, at Kings Island today when you get stuck on one of those turns on the Beast in the back of the forest, and you're stuck there for two hours. That's that's the hard part. enjoy the winning because back then people were complaining about a one seed and a two seed skinny people weren't happy with what was happening with a one seed and a two seed now people are a little less they're even more unhappy so enjoy the winning when it happens it'll come back around everybody will get back (laughs) on track it'll come back around when it does enjoy it You, you choking on a peanut
1: no i'm good I was All right, coughing, coughing, <laughs> off, coughing off camera. Um, no, I think you're right because um as a coach, <coughs> gone. As a coach, I get that. Um, I had a team last year, not this year, but the past year. We went, uh, we went, went, to the semifinals of the regional tournament, in Northern Kentucky. We've been there three yeah. of the last four years, and we're a small school, and we are, what we are. And last year's team, we lost a bunch of close games early, and then we started winning a bunch of close games. It was one of those teams that was really good but Not good enough, and I'm Beachwood, right? I mean, I don't have big kids. I get I right just a bunch of kids that they scrap and we play. You have a bunch of
2: six, one, and under kids. You're playing it, in the it, six it, one and it, under northern Kentucky. Correct,
1: Lake. correct. And I was <laughs> I don't I'm not even sure I had anybody over six feet tall. So we we battled, and that team I had a really good chance to win the freshman tournament. We didn't, we lost in the semis of Covcath after being up by eight in the half, lost by seven. We played our we played great this past year. I had one really good big kid and a bunch of kids that played hard. It wasn't a skilled a team. And we struggled through the year. We lost, I think we lost six games by three points or less. And Ooh. you can you know, argue it's on the coach. That's on the coach, right? That's on right. me. That's on me. So I'm good with that. I get i get that part of it. And then we get to the tournament and we uh, played a team in the semifinals that we should have beat, or the quarterfinals rather, that we should have beat because we beat them in the regular season by 15, Boone County. They beat us by four. They lost to a Cooper team by four in the semis the other day. So Cooper got to the finals and I, I, I'm thinking we have a chance for this, but I, I in my mind, I'm like, I, I've told, I've told the kid, I tell him every year winning high school basketball games is hard. Winning college basketball games is hard, it's hard man. It's so hard. <laughs> it's impossible.
2: It's so hard. Everybody thinks it's easy because of the success the programs have had. Everybody thinks it's easy. It, it, it ain't, it ain't easy.
1: No, it's just not. It's and like, that- it's like pimping. It ain't easy. No, it ain't easy. That's a good call. And that's where <laughs> I, I think that's where Xavier's at. I think Xavier's one of those teams you look at and go, they got a chance to run the table. And they also got a chance to get one out by 15 in the first round, right? I mean, they got a chance to do both. One of the two. Right. One of the two. They could be in the finals. They could lose the Butler. Correct. And, <laughs> and that's, winning, that's that's how hard it is. And winning I don't think ain't people easy. understand. Yeah, it ain't. Gonzaga though makes it look easy and if they go undefeated I hope they get their just due I don't think they do I think somebody gets them probably we'll talk about that more moving forward but yeah probably
2: Probably, I mean, but man, I don't they're, know. Really good. they're really good. <laughs> they do what do they I, like? I, that's one of those teams you watch and you say, What do they do poorly?
1: Correct, nothing,
2: <laughs> nothing. <laughs> they I guard mean, nothing. You,
1: they score 99 a game and they just get you with pace. And they say, They pass, here we they shoot, Correct. they pass, they shoot, Correct.
2: they beat you Correct. at the rim, they rebound, they Correct. defend. Like, Correct. they they do, <laughs> no,
1: they're they're ridiculous. They are really ridiculous. They I hope they win it at all. I would I love to
2: see Mark Few you be the guy that is the like the next, on like. 76, man. 76 is the last undefeated team. That's correct.
1: Indiana 32. It's funny because everybody's – look. and that's the part I'm wondering is if people look and go, well, they didn't play many games. Well, they're 25-0 and 0 right now. I think I'm right on that, Chad. I think.
2: Right there, 24-25. Yeah, entering the
1: tournament. Correct. and But they're entering their conference tournament, so they can get to 27 or 28, win six games if they do it. If they do it, it's a big if. Get to 34. What did you just say Indiana was? They were 32 and 0. Not a yep. knock. It is what it is. I mean, it's a different right. time, different place, different era. Right. But I mean, this team goes 34 and 0, you got to you got to put them up there. You have to.
2: Right. You have to. And people don't look back at that Indiana team and said they're one of the greatest teams of all time.
1: Oh, I think they were. They were really good, man. But people don't, they
2: look, they don't, they look at Duke in 91. They Correct. look at UNLV in '90. And,
1: and Kentucky a few years, 2015, yeah. 2015 Kentucky team that was 38-0 going to the thing. Yeah, absolutely. They look You're at right. those.
2: They don't look at Indiana. They don't look at 76 Indiana and say Hell, that's the, one of the greatest teams in history.
1: The Kentucky 36-2 and two team in 95-96, you can argue yeah. was, yeah, is up there. But I mean, you go undefeated. I don't care what you've done. And they played some teams early. I just wish they would have. I hope you didn't bail. jinx
2: them. I hope you're yeah. not jinxing them with they this podcast. Did.
1: I probably did. So shame on you. Oh, me. well.
2: All right, All right
1: Chad. You gave me two minutes. I took 15. So That's take good. that. Sir. And I, I took another five minutes. From <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for setting this up tonight uh, for Rick Boring and Chad Brendel. I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us the Skinny Podcast, the weekly college basketball edition.